Hello everyone, this is Mushtar FM 89.6, this is Hudayfa. I'm Victor. We have a very interesting topic for today. Since the Russian war on Ukraine, we have heard a lot of the word sanctions. And now it's time to get to those sanctions on today's world politics episode. But before the sanctions, remember that we are an interactive program and also we have a social media profiles. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can look for Mushtar FM. There we have photos, video, what's happening at live in the studio or also what happened behind the waves. Follow us and also you could get more info about our podcast channel platform. Thank you, Victor. So... To start with, since we already know that there is a lot of sanctions on Russia, so let's break it down. Do you know what does the word sanctions mean? Yes, I know because uh, we have to prepare this program. And now, yes, but a pretty complex uh, word because uh, it means sanctions for two parts. In this case, European Union and Russia. And it's pretty complex to understand to general people because you have to uh, do a research. You have to understand the politics of the both uh, blocks for one side, Russia, and for other one, European Union. Because today we will talk about these blocks, European Union and Russia, not about the other other countries at, outside of the European Union. And yes, it's uh, pretty complex because uh, you have to understand also what's happening before. It's not only talk about right now, but uh, these sanctions are because uh, we have relationships with other countries, in, in this case, Russia. So we have to understand at first how many relations we have with this country that were too many about uh, transport, about energy, about um, economics and a lot of fields of our, our life. Exactly, Victor. Let's start with giving a definition to sanctions. Yes, because I think that uh, for the listeners could be easier to understand what will we talking about during this hour. Okay, so according to Merriam-Webster, the word sanctions means to attach a sanction or penalty to the violation of a right, obligation or command. And according to Cambridge English Dictionary, a sanction is an official order such as the stopping of trade that is taken against a country to make it obey international law. So, in its political sense, a sanction is an action that is taken or an order that is given to force a country to obey international laws by limiting or stopping trade with that country, by not allowing economic aid for that country, etc. In this case, Russia and There is like many things that is happening and uh, also like uh, there is new sanctions every now and then. Yes, but not right now as uh, I said moments ago because uh, according to the European Union website, uh, since March 2014, the European Union has progressively imposed restrictive measures on Russia in response to different things. We have to remember the illegal annexation of Crimea in 2014 that maybe we don't remember because uh, wasn't a lot in the media, like uh, the actual conflict, but we have to remember this uh, conflict. Also, the decision to recognize the non-government control areas of the Donetsk and Luhansk 
Oblast as independent entities in 2022, but also and provoke an unjustified military aggression against Ukraine in 2022. It means some months ago. We are moving to March of this year. But what kind of uh, actions, or in this case sanctions, has uh, imposed the European Union? to many different Hudaifa, like uh, individual restrictive measures, person to person, economic sanctions, diplomatic measures, restrictions also on media, but also restriction on economic relations with Crimea and Sebastopol, more measures about uh, restrictions on economic relations with the non-government controlled areas of Donetsk and Luhansk, and restrictions on economic cooperation. Maybe you know... Right now, a little bit of information on general of this kind of uh, sanctions because uh, media normally talk about uh, the economic that also we will talk about in this program later. But it's really interesting that also the European Union took individual. It means to you, to a, a specific person, yeah. But also in diplomatic measures that it means it will provoke to too many people because if diplomatic measures are taking people that are outside or are thinking to go outside Russia or the European Union or it will create a new scenario, a little bit complicated. Yes, uh, for example, there are like many millionaires and billionaires outside of Russia that the sanctions had, you know, like this individual uh, restrictive measures had attacked, for example, many people couldn't uh, use their private jets They couldn't use their yachts or their properties. Uh, their money were freezed in banks. These kind of restrictions are an outcome of the sanctions that have been made against Russia. For sure. And talking about uh, the individual restrictive uh, measures, we have this number. 1,093 individuals, but not only persons, also different entities. Right now, it's a number an official number of 80 entities that are right now subject to asset freeze and a travel ban because their actions have undermined Ukraine's territorial integrity, sovereignty and independence. The list of sanctioned persons and entities is kept under constant review and it's uh, subject to periodic renewals by the council because it depends on the day by day. So it's updated day by day. Who's sanctioned right now? For example, Vladimir Putin, Sergei Lavrov, members of the Russian State Duma, also members of the National Security Council, high-ranking official, or even business people and oligarchs, including Roman Abramovic. As you said, this kind of people has completely banned and freeze his um, right to travel and to... Yes, and also his uh, property. For example... Since I'm a football fan, I, you know, get news about, uh, you know, like Chelsea because Abrahamovic owns uh, Chelsea club and uh, Chelsea is now under pressure. I think that they need to find another um, owner and the, the, the club should be sold to another owner. But we will see what will happen. Yes, it's in different different uh, fields of our life that uh, because uh, we live in a really a connected world and it means that also Russia it's in this uh, 
world game of life. So the disconnection right now, it's pretty difficult and it may affect to every single thing that uh, we know right now. These measures uh, were introduced in March of uh, 2014. The first one was with uh, Crimea, but after the beginning of this conflict, they were extended until right now, the 15th of September of this year. But we will see what happened and how the conflict is uh, solved. I hope that this conflict will be solved as soon as possible because uh, too many people are suffering. Um, maybe you and me and the listeners suffer uh, the consequence of uh, this conflict. More things uh, to the individual ones. Misappropriation of Ukrainian state funds. Also in March of uh, 2014, the council decided to freeze the assets of individuals responsible for the misappropriation of Ukrainian state funds. These measures were last extended in March of uh, 2020 till, in this case, March of 2023, concretely at the 6th of March of 2023. Now um, we have to talk about economic sanctions because uh, it's not the main one, but... Uh, it seems that in this world that the economy it's like the boss we have to talk about the economic sanctions yes because uh, not only there is like a, a war that we know with weapons and uh, lots of uh, victims but also there is like a war that is could be economical and this is the approach that uh, many countries uh, follow because the US for example is not going to have a war like uh, it could develop to a nuclear uh, war if, uh, you know, like uh, if we started the war as we know it, like uh, weapons and stuff. But this is like a more uh, kind of organized attacks on the economy of uh, the country, which is Russia. And uh, they try to um, weaken the country as much as possible so that they, Russia and Vladimir Putin maybe stop the war this is like an easy going uh, process it's it's still new i think this has never been tried before and we will see the outcomes of uh, this economical war for sure because uh, the economy right now it's uh, the basis the basis of uh, our life um who has the weakness economy it's weak in fact so we hope that also this conflict finishes soon but let's talk about the, that in july and september of 2014 because we have to remember that this conflict didn't start um, this year started in 2014 with crimea the European Union imposed economic sanctions targeting exchanges with Russia and specific economic sectors. In March of 2015, one year later, European Union leaders decide to align the existing sanctions relying with the full implementation of the Minsk Agreement, which was scheduled for the end of December of 2015. Since this didn't happen, the Council extended the economic sanctions until the 31st July of 2016. The economic sanctions have been extending successively for six months at a time since July of uh, 2016 and the decision to extend uh, them was made each time following an assessment of implementation of the Minsk 
Agreement. The economic sanctions that started years ago are currently extended until the 31st July of 2022. But as we know, we have to see how the conflict goes day by day. These sanctions target the financial, trade, transport, technology, and defense sectors. As we see, Sudaifa, there are too many different sectors. Yes, and uh, they are actually essential to the economy of uh, a country. Let's talk about the financial sector because uh, right now there are restrictions. Let's talk about the financial ones. Because uh, as we said, we have too many fields, but uh, at first we will talk about the financial. So the sanctions will restrict the access, well, it's restricted right now, to the European Union primary and secondary capital markets for certain Russian banks and companies. Also, the prohibition on transactions with the Russian Central Bank and the Central Bank of Belarus. One of the most popular SWIFT bank for certain Russian and Belarusian banks. Also, provision of the provision of euro-denominated banknotes to Russia and Belarus. But we have two provisions more. One of them on public financing or investment in Russia and the other one provision on investment and in contribution to projects co-financed by the Russian Direct Investment Fund. As you said, for example, one of football team. Yes. But also, we have to talk uh, about expedience. For example, in this project that we are making right now, um, we have uh, some colleagues that are from Russia. And now, due to the SWIFT bank, they, they are freeze her cards, her accounts, and it's a difficult situation for them. So these sanctions also uh, targets, as we said, like individuals and... It's really sad that, you know, like the Russian people who are going to suffer the most. Also, not to mention like uh, the Ukrainians who are in the war. Like this is, a, this is a bad situation from whatever angle you see it. So, as you said, we just hope this whole thing ends as soon as possible. Yes, um, um, as you said, too many Ukrainians because uh, uh, a lot of banks and companies operate in Ukraine. So now also Ukrainian people are suffering a lot this freezing of uh, transactions, banks, companies and all in this economic sector. And uh, moving to, uh, I've said, for example, our colleagues that started the project before the conflict. Could you imagine What's happening inside you when you say, well, I thought they have money, but right now... I'm cut from everything. Yes, and you only depend on uh, what are you doing right in the moment. So now i asking for applause for that people that are suffering this kind of measures. Stay strong. Stay strong. And this uh, program is also for give energy to the people that are suffering this. And there is more. One of the main important energy, because uh, the prohibition of imports from Russia and coal also exports to Russia goods and technologies in the oil refining sector 
and the new investments in the Russian energy sectors. That we will talk about this more later because even there is more sanctions updated from two days because we have prepared this program too many days ago, but the conflict is day by day. And two days uh, before the, the broadcasting program, we have to update with new sanctions, in this case, to energy. So we will talk more about this uh, a little bit later. Also, we have uh, about the transport, because uh, the European Union closure the airspace to all Russian-owned and Russian-registered aircraft, but also the closure of the European Union ports to Russian vessels. In addition, we have another prohibition too on Russian and Belarusian road transport operators from entering to the European Union and the exports to Russia of goods and technology in the aviation, maritime and space industry. That after we will um, talk more also about this, um, what it means, in fact, these ones. In materia of defense, the European Union prohibite on export to Russia of uh, dual-use goods and technologies items that could contribute to Russia's defense and security capabilities, but also the provision of trade in arms. That is basic. Yes, for Russia... I think uh, most of its income comes from oil, gas and weapons. But about the raw materials and other goods also, the European Union has declared the provision of uh, imports from Russia to the European space of uh, iron, steel, wood, cement, seafood and liquor. The provision on export to Russia of luxury goods and also really restrictive measures in view of Russia's actions destabilizing the situation in Ukraine. So that's the main fields about economic sanctions. That for sure we will talk later about this uh, topic and tell more information what it means for the citizens, for the governments, what mean these sanctions. So now we will resume from some of the restrictions on social media. On the 2nd of March 2022, the EU approved uh, the suspension of the broadcasting activities in the EU of Sputnik and Russia today until the aggression against Ukraine is brought to an end and until the Russian Federation and the media outlets associated with it conducting disinformation and information manipulation campaigns against the EU and its member states. Sputnik and Russia today are under the permanent direct or indirect control of the authorities of the Russian Federation and are key to promoting military aggression against Ukraine and destabilizing uh, neighboring countries. This, this is a, also a main point. If you are making war or making something, we are not talking only about war, you need channels, in this case medias, to yeah. control the opinion. And if you control the opinion of you of the whole country, Russia have too many millions of inhabitants. In fact, citizenship could think that you are doing okay. Yes, Victor, especially when these kind of wars start, they get a lot of propaganda. And yeah, for example, it would be like, we are doing good to the people. We are liberating the Ukrainian uh, citizens from, I don't know, from the West. Because this conflict is also uh, caused by the conflicts with the West and mainly USA. Now uh, we are moving to diplomatic measures. In 2014, the EU-Russia summit was cancelled 
and the European Union member states decide not to hold regular bilateral summits with Russia. Bilateral talks with Russia on visa matters were suspended. Instead of uh, the G8 summit in Sochi, a G7 meeting was held without Russia in Brussels on uh, the 4th and 5th and 5th June of uh, 2014. Since then, meetings have continued in the G7 format. The European Union countries also supported the suspension of negotiations over Russia's joining the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD, by the letters, and the International Energy Agency. In February of uh, 2022, the European Union decided that the Russian diplomats or the Russian officials and business people may no longer benefit from visa facilitation provision, which also allowed privileged access to the European Union. This decision doesn't affect ordinary Russian citizens. It's also important to remark that the citizens were not targeted. Yes, of this. But the outcome says otherwise because they are already targeted. Yes, it's uh, really difficult to control and yes, yes, it's uh, it's really complex conflict because uh, also we have restrictions on the economic relations with Crimea and Sebastopol. The council uh, adopted restrictive measures in response to the illegal annexation of Crimea and Sebastopol by the Russian Federation. The measures uh, apply to the European Union nationals and the EU-based companies. Their scope is limited to the territory of Crimea and Sebastopol, and these measures include an import ban of goods, restrictions on trade and investments related to certain economic sectors and infrastructure projects, a ban on supplying tourism services, and an export ban of certain goods and technologies. Until when? These measures will be approved till the 33rd jam of uh, these years. Now, let's move on to restrictions on economic relations with non-government controlled areas of the Donetsk and Luhansk. The Council adopted restrictive measures in response to the decision by the Russian Federation to proceed with the recognition of the non-government controlled areas of Donetsk and Luhansk oblast in Ukraine as independent entities and the ensuring decision to send Russian troops into these areas. The scope of the measures is limited to the non-government controlled territories of the Donetsk and Luhansk oblasts. And what include uh, these measures? These measures include the, the following. One is an import ban on goods. Second is restrictions on trade and investment related to certain economic sectors, also a ban on supplying tourism services and an export ban on certain goods and technologies. These measures are in place until the 24th of February 2023. So, in fact, these uh, measures were so similar to the restrictions economic with Crimea and Sebastopol. We have to know this. But we have also measures concerning economic cooperation. And these uh, measures were introduced by the European Union leaders in July of uh, 2014 as we said, with the beginning of the conflict with Crimea. Um, there is three. The European Investment Bank was asked to suspend the signing of new financing operations in the Russian Federation. 
The second one, the European Union members, states agreed to coordinate their positions within the board of directors of the European Bank for reconstruction and development to also suspend the financing of new operations. And the third and last one, the implementation of the European Union bilateral and regional cooperation programs with Russia was reassessed and certain programs suspended. So what do sanctions on individuals mean in practice? Sanctions on individuals consist on travel bans and assets freeze. Now we have a talk about the sanctions in general, but from now we will explain a little bit deep what it means in practice. So we will start, as you said, uh, with um, the individuals ones and consists on travel bans and asset freeze. Travel bans prevent listed individuals from entering or transiting through the European Union territory by either land, air or sea. Assets freeze uh, mean that all accounts belonging to the listed persons and entities in the European banks are frozen. It's also prohibited to make any funds or assets directly or indirectly available to them. It means to the people that it's in the list. Okay. So normal people can travel. So in our case, one of uh, our volunteers' friend could travel to other countries, but mainly because she has uh, a resident card. But with the, with the foundings she cut from her uh, money that was in her bank, in her Russian bank accounts because of the swift cut. Yeah, but at least the people could still travel if they are outside of Russia, which is good to some point. It's difficult because we will talk later about the transport because uh, air traffic, it's like a closet. But... We will see later how is the solution. Uh, what it means, uh, the travel bans asset freeze uh, to individuals. This ensures that their money can no longer be used to support the Russian regime, nor can they try to find a safe haven in the European Union. And um, I think that it could be nice also to understand how is the European Union's trade with Russia being sanctioned. To answer that... As parts of the economic sanctions, the European Union has imposed um, a number of import and export restrictions on Russia, which means that European entities cannot sell certain products to Russia, which is export uh, restrictions, and that Russian entities are not allowed to sell certain products to the EU, which is import restrictions. So the list of banned products is designed to maximize the negative impact of the sanctions on the Russian economy while limiting the consequences for the EU businesses and citizens. So this is to create or economical pressure on Russia but also not to damage European Union businesses. So the export and import restrictions include products primary so the export and import restrictions exclude products uh, primarily intended for consumption and products related to health, pharma, food and agriculture in order not to harm the Russian population. 
so the bans are implemented by the EU's customs authorities. Moreover, the European Union, in collaboration with other like-minded partners, has adopted a statement reserving the right to stop treating Russia as the most favored nation within the WTO framework. So the European Union has decided to act on this not through an increase in import tariffs but through a set of restrictive measures that include bans on the import or export of certain goods. So the European Union and its partners have also suspended any work related to the accession of Belarus to the WTO. We have to remember that in economy with these measures we are making weak Russia because now we don't uh, buy products to Russia, certain products to Russia. And in Russia, there are two kinds of crises. One of them, it's because now they don't export a lot of products. But also, if you normally have a production of uh, one million, now if your production is not sold, you have a overproduced crisis. So we have to think that it's not only a unilateral measure, it's a bilateral measure it's a like two weapons at the same time because economy it's more complex and every measure have a reaction even who knows later these measures could affect to the european union for sure yes for example energy which is essential for many european countries as you said if there is no one buying the product the whole the whole process of making that product will stop and probably a lot of businesses in Russia will will stop working or just collapse you know, yeah it's a we'll, collapse yeah, so we'll or collapse. overproduction and talking about uh, what goods cannot be exported to Russia from the European Union the list includes these ones and I'm talking that it's not a short list like for example cutting edge technology like for example quantum computers and advanced semiconductors high-end electronics and software which could be like put in the chips business which is like everything contains chips like from from refrigerators computers uh, TVs everything contains chips which is like a, a real hit to the Russian uh, government and the, the Russian uh, Federation even for brush your teeth do you have chips so every yeah. little task for us every day has a chip so we have to try one or not depend of the chips or two try to make different tasks in the classic way. More products, like for example, certain types of machinery and uh, transportation equipment, but also specific goods and technology needed for oil refining. In addition, energy industry equipment, technology and services. The list continue with uh, aviation and space industry, different goods and technology like, for example, aircraft, spare parts or any kind of equipment for planes and helicopters or jet fuel. In maritime navigation, the goods and radio communication technology are affected also. And a number of dual-use goods, that kind of goods that could be used for both civil and military purposes, such as drones and software for drones or encryption devices. And, as we know, luxury goods. For example, cars, watches, or jewelry. Yes, I recollect seeing a video of uh, a rich Russian lady, which was like, which I think teared up her 
I don't know, Gucci or Cuckoo Chanel purse because this, the sanctions also affected the exports of those kind of goods and people inside Russia, especially those who are rich, were pissed like this lady. Yes, for example, too many brands, too many designers and too many luxury companies are not operating right now in Russia because it's a big industry of uh, luxury. Also, Russia, it's a big has a big industry of luxury because they know as experts how to make luxury because they are experts on customer services because they personalize a lot of the products and try to know what the customer wants. But yes, this is a, another sector that cannot be exported to Russia. This is a list that uh, for sure it's updated day by day. We want to tell you that we are not expert. And all of this information, it's according to the European Union portal. It's uh, updated at the day of uh, our recording. We will continue with the information, but we want that you know that we are not experts. We, we want only to highlight the information to the listeners, to the citizens, in order to be uh, more easy to understand. It's like a question we answer question we answer in, in order to be more easy access to the information. But Hudaifa, what goods cannot be imported from Russia to the European Union? It's the opposite. The list of sanctioned products includes coal and other solid fossil fuels. As there is a, like a wind down period of existing contracts, this sanction will apply from August 2022. Also, there is like steel and iron, wood, cements, and certain fertilizers, seafood, and liquor, like uh, caviar and vodka. As we are listening, the main products that we can't import from Russia, it's a prime. Um, but Hudaifa, what do sanctions in the aviation sector mean? Because a lot of uh, news in the media are talking about the aviation, aerospace. Yes. So all Russian aircraft are banned from overflying the EU uh, airspace. So I think uh, they can only fly like in the Chinese maybe airspace, but not the European because the European continent is so big. And if they want to fly to another country that is across the European continent, it will take them time because and also it costs lots of money. For example, if I want to go to Morocco, maybe I will have to go to from Russia through Turkey. Then I will go to Morocco, which is like a long trip. Not It's not like uh, going uh, straight from Russia to Morocco or through another European country. Yes, for example, if uh, we decide, if we will decide to go to Russia, we have to go, for example, via Istanbul. For example, because yes. we could go to Istanbul and then we have to fly, we have to make a round. But for example, for a Russian, it's also complicated to go outside because if they want to go to United States it's and true. you are closer to the European Union, or uh, you have two options. Oh, the other side, that it's longer, or you have to border all the continent through the other side of the Mediterranean Sea, like uh, Tunisia. Morocco or so. But it's uh, really, really complex. In February 2022, the EU refused access to the EU airports for Russian carriers of all kinds 
and ban them from overflying the European Union airspace. So this means that airplanes registered in Russia or elsewhere and leased or rented to a Russian citizen or entity cannot land at any European airport and cannot fly over the European Union countries. So private aircrafts, for example, private business jets, are included in the ban. And in addition, the European Union banned the export to Russia of goods and technology in the aviation and space industry, like we said before. So, like we are talking about this, we have to remember that there is another things. Also, there is like uh, insurance services and maintenance services and technical assistance related to these goods and technology are also prohibited. So anything related to aircrafts or airplanes also banned. So the United States, Canada and the United Kingdom imposed similar restrictions, which means uh, that Russian airlines cannot buy any aircraft spare parts or equipment for their fleet and cannot perform the necessary repairs or technical inspections. As three quarters of Russia's current commercial air fleet were produced in the EU, the US or Canada. Over time, the ban is likely to result in the grounding of a significant proportion of the Russian civil aviation fleet, even for domestic flights. We have to remember that the main companies uh, that produce uh, airplanes are in Europe Airbus and uh, in the United States Boeing. Three quarters of your fleet are produced in these countries. It means that in some months you will have problems or you have to create a new industry. So we are now again more sanctions in order to, hey, stop, please, because, okay, we need your prime goods, but you need also our industrial things. It's a bilateral. Yeah, it's like you cannot live by your own. We need your goods, but if you decide to do this and we cut you, you cannot uh, survive by your own because you already need other parts of the world because there is something that your country misses. Maybe you could survive by your own or their own, but in a world that that is too connected why disconnect why to be like alone right now i know it's uh, about economy it's about to power it's about uh, this kind of uh, things but uh, too many citizens are suffering this conflict so stop so victor what are the sanctions on road transportation the european union has prohibited Russians and Belarusian road transport operators from entering the EU, including for goods in transit. We are talking about not only the air, also by land. These sections aims to restrict the Russian industry's capacity to acquire key goods and disrupt road trade both to and from Russia. However, the European Union countries can grant derogation for these ones, the transport of energy, the transport of pharmaceutical, medical, agricultural and food products, humanitarian aid purpose, transport related to the functioning of diplomatic and consular representation of the EU and its countries in Russia, or international organizations in Russia which enjoy immunities in accordance with international law and the last one, the transfer of export to Russia of cultural goods on loan in the context of formal cultural cooperation with Russia. Remember, the ban does not affect mail services and goods in transit between Kaliningrad Oblast 
and Russia. What are the sanctions on the maritime transport? For the maritime transport, the EU has closed its ports to Russia's entire merchant fleet of over 2,800 vessels. However, the measure does not affect vessels carrying the following, which is energy, pharmaceutical, medical, agricultural, and food products, humanitarian aid, nuclear fuel and other goods necessary for the functioning of civil nuclear capabilities. Coal until 10 of August 2022, after which imports of coal into the EU will be banned. And the measure also does not affect vessels in need of assistance. Vessels in need of assistance seeking a place of refugee or vessel making an emergency port call for reasons of maritime safety or saving life at sea. The ban will also apply to vessels that try to evade the sanctions by changing their Russian flag or registration to that of another state. Port authorities can identify an attempt to reflag or change registration by checking a vessel's IMO number, which is the unique identification number assigned on behalf of the International Maritime Organization. As we see, um, these measures um, are restricted, but we can still import uh, the basics, that is, that is energy and health, and also emergency like uh, refugees or humanitarian. It's uh, the resume for the listeners. And also med medicine, mm. things that related to the human health. So, Victor, since we have already mentioned SWIFT, what does the SWIFT ban mean for Russian and Belarusian banks? Yes, let's talk about economy. Is uh, As you said, this ban prevents seven Russian and three Belarusian banks from making or receiving international payments using SWIFT. But this list... It's updated day by day along the conflict. If uh, going worse, the list it's uh, more. And if uh, we hope that go better, um, the list I think that will be less. I don't know. Which are the banks? Seven Russian and three Belarusian banks are banned from using SWIFT. What is SWIFT? Because uh, some people are like, um, SWIFT is a uh, messaging services that uh, substantially facilitate information exchange between banks and other financial institutions. SWIFT connects more than 11,000 entities worldwide. As a result, these banks can neither get foreign currency for example, a transfer of foreign currencies between two banks is generally processed as a transfer abroad involving a foreign intermediary bank, not transfer assets abroad. This has a negative uh, consequences for the Russian and Belarusian economy. Technically, banks could carry out international transactions without SWIFT, but it's expensive, complex and requires mutual trust between financial institutions. It brings payments back to the times when the telephone and fax were used to confirm each transaction. So as we see, it's too complex and more difficult without SWIFT. But we have to mention that in the Asiatic market, there is another system similar to SWIFT. And we have to say that it's really difficult to disconnect only SWIFT because SWIFT and the other method 
it's connected. So if you are connected to the other one, the operations like could be done. It's more complex that uh, we are trying to, to explain, but in a global economy, it's really difficult to disconnect only one country. You could disconnect some actions, but some of them, it's really difficult. So we are not experts in economy. And now uh, with this uh, measure, with SWIFT, it's uh, being really complex to Russian banks to operate in the European Union, at least. But uh, also there is like a, a concern because, you know, like uh, using SWIFT as a, an economical weapon, it can also result in maybe if um, China and Russia try to create another system because Russia is a, a huge market. It's like, I don't know, like 15% of worldwide economic. I don't know, but it's yeah, huge. I don't have the, huge. Yeah, I don't have the numbers, the exact numbers, but China is a huge contributor for the world economic. So this also raises some concerns. And continuing with the economy, what do the sanctions against the National Central Bank of Russia mean in practice? What is the main point? So, in practice, the European Union has prohibited all transactions with the National Central Bank of Russia related to the management of the Russian Central Bank's reserves and assets as a result of the Central Bank assets freeze. The central bank can no longer access the assets it has stored in central banks and private institutions in the European Union. And this also in the US, for example, mm -hmm. because as we know, many countries has many assets in other countries. And for Russia, there is like, I don't know, I don't know the number. For example, I've watched some reports about this. They, the, the exact number were given, but I can't remember, but it was like a lot of money, you know, like uh, that Russia cannot access. In concretely, in February 2022, Russia's international reserve accounted for, attention, 643 billion. It means in euros, 579 billions. Among the purpose, having reserve in foreign currencies, helps keep the exchange rate of a country's own currency stable. Yeah, I think this was the number, which is uh, really huge. Like, for example, uh, those like reservoirs are kept to face, uh, for example, economical uh, problems or like what happened in 2008. This is uh, a new approach for countries to keep prices or keep the economical situation in the countries as stable as possible. So due to the ban on transactions from the European Union and other countries, it is estimated that more than half of Russian reserves are frozen. The ban was also imposed by other countries, such as the US, as you said before, yeah, Canada and also the UK, which also store a share of Russian foreign reserves. Consequently, Russia cannot use this caution of foreign assets to provide funds to its banks and thus limit the effects uh, of other sanctions. Even the gold reserves stored in Russia now appear to be more difficult to sell due to international sanctions affecting Russian entities. We have to say that the European Union has also prohibited the sale, supply, transfer and export of euro denominated banknotes 
to Russia. The aim to this is limit the access to cash in euros by the Russian government, its central bank, and natural or legal persons in Russia with a view to preventing the circumvention of sanctions. Similar sanctions apply to Belarus also. So, Victor, why has the European Union suspended the broadcasting of Sputnik and Russia today? It's really easy. Russia uses both Sputnik and Russia Today, it's a state-owned outlet, to intentionally spread propaganda, as you mentioned lightly before, uh, and conduct disinformation campaigns, including its military aggression against Ukraine. Sputnik and Russia Today are essential and instrumental in bringing forward and supporting the military aggression against Ukraine and also the destabilization of uh, its neighboring countries. The Russian Federation has engaged in a systematic international campaign of disinformation, information manipulation and distortion of facts in order to enhance its strategy of destabilizing its neighborhood countries, the European Union and its member states. The restrictions in place since 2nd of March 2022 apply to Sputnik and Russia Today, including their subsidiaries such as RT English, RT UK, RT Germany, RT France and RT Spanish. And these ones cover all means of transmission and distribution of or in or directed at the European Union member states, including cable, satellite, internet protocol, TV, platform, websites, and apps. It means cut the speech to Russia directly. Yeah, it means directly stopping getting the Russian propaganda in the European Union and other countries. Yes, but because uh, if you are an oligarch, and you are, for example, in Spain, and you see that something is happening in Russia, you don't see Spanish television if you are if you don't know Spanish, so you put Russian television, and you say, what is happening? It's really different, because uh, the information is completely different. In fact, it's this, this information, manipulation, and propaganda. And we know this is really normal in the country, because, uh, in fact, it's the one of the most dangerous country to journalism. This is not my information, it's what the studies and research but now, another question, because we want to answer question to the people about, uh, for example, is the European Union coordinating the sanctions with other partners, with other um, entities? To answer this question, it is a must that the EU collaborates with other countries and, and other strong countries to be effective. So if a broad range of international partners is involved, it's more effective to put pressure on Russian economy. Like for example? For example, has worked closely over the last few weeks with like-minded partners such as the United States in order to coordinate sanctions. The European Union, for example, is working with the World Bank Group, the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, and other international partners to prevent Russia from obtaining financing from such institutions. So, we are not alone. Yeah, there is like a, a pressure from really strong entities and countries. And any other kind of uh, international efforts? To coordinate this international effort, the newly formed Russian 
elites, proxies and uh, oligarchs uh, task force allow the European Union to cooperate with the G7 countries, Canada, France, Germany, Italy, Japan, the United Kingdom, the United Kingdom and the United States as well as Australia to ensure sanctions are implemented. So although the European Union works closely with many partners, each of these non-European Union countries decides uh, unilaterally which sanctions it will impose. What about the European sanctions uh, fall under the international law? Yes, all the European sanctions are fully compliant with obligations under international law, whilst Uh, respecting human rights and fundamental freedoms like for example what we have said like uh, russia is not cut from means that are so essential for agriculture and maybe medicine which is you know like it doesn't uh, necessary things for living so once a political agreement is reached among uh, the european union member states the necessary legal acts are prepared by the european external action service and or the european commission and submitted to the council for adoption so council regulations and decisions as as legal acts of general application are binding on any person or entity under the European Union jurisdiction. This means many person or entity within the European Union, any European Union national in any location, and all companies and organizations incorporated under the law of an European Union member state. And now... As we said, we have uh, the last minute because uh, we have prepared this um, program some days ago. But the list of uh, packages of restrictions goes higher and higher and higher. Um, according to the CNBC, the European Commission, the executive arm of the European Union, last Wednesday put forward new sanctions against the Kremlin, which will include a six month phase out of Russian crude imports. It means energies. This is um, because the region is reliant uh, on Russia for several sources of energy, including oil. In 2020, Russian oil imports accounted for about uh, 25% of the bloc's crude purchases, according to the region's statics office. Some member uh, states are strongly dependent on Russian oil, but we simply have to work on it. We now propose a ban on Russian oil, and this will be a complete import ban on a Russian oil, seaborne and pipeline, crude and refined. This is what the, the commission said and declared last Wednesday. Um, about the oil prices, uh, we're trading about the 3% higher on Wednesday morning and Brent crude futures were at a price of 108.30 a barrel in late morning deals. But there is exception. There are two EU nations, Slovakia and Hungary, which are both highly dependent on Russian energy, have been demanding exception and will have some extra month to cut. So, yes, because uh, these regions are maybe so cold and they are so dependent on Russian energy because Russia is so close and uh, it would be like 
it's a less practical exp- and cheaper. Yeah, that it's, uh, uh, it's it's inexpensive. Mm-hmm. But now the situation it's um, warming up. Yes, and since we are all speaking about sanctions against Russia, there is some benefits that other countries could gain from these sanctions on Russia. For example, there is like uh, brain drain uh, beneficiaries, which according to times.com, some countries' economies could benefit from highly skilled Russian and Ukrainian workers leaving their homes and migrating to more favorable locations. The U.S. uh, was a key destination for scientists and intellectuals fleeing communism during the Cold War, for example, as were some parts of Europe. In recent years, immigration has become more controversial across Europe and the U.S. As Erika Groschen said, she would imagine the United States resistance to getting highly skilled people uh, is not as much of a problem versus unskilled labor. The potential for a so-called drain is closely linked to how much Russia bears away from democracy, she said. Also, there will be some winners from these sanctions because, uh, as we said before in the beginning of the program, the conflict is uh, not uh, only bilateral. Now the Ukraine territory and Russia or the bloc of European Union and Russia, it's uh, about the world. In fact, because uh, every action or every sanction has a consequence for some of them, maybe are bad consequence, but for some territories, maybe could be win something. For example, there will be like uh, surprise winners and uh, countries receiving like inflows of money redirected f- away from Russia will see their economies grow faster than projected prior to the Russian Ukrainian conflict. This means simply that the money that was going to Russia for maybe goods and other things could go otherwise to other countries which has the same resources, for example, like oil, maybe some minerals and other goods. So the likely top candidates for foreign money that would have flowed uh, into Russia would be, for example, the U.S., as evidenced by the recent rally in the value of the U.S. dollar. The dollar index has rallied like nearly 3% since Russia's invasion of Ukraine began. Other liberal democracies where property rights are protected, uh, such as those in Europe, should also expect to see beneficial inflows. Countries including Mexico and Turkey, which have not imposed sanctions, could also get an economic boost. As uh, Wright says, they could benefit from increased trade and act as a go-between for Russia and the rest of the global economy. Put another way, if a product from Russia is required somewhere in the world, a non-sanctioned country could profit by purchasing the product from Russia and then reselling it. These are the facts. As we said, we are not experts. And we hope that now you have clearer than before some questions about the conflict and the sanctions against Russia between the European Union and Russia. These are the facts, but it's time to your conclusions. So go to our social media. We are Mustar FM in Facebook 
and on Instagram. And please leave a comment, share photos, see your photos, or even see what's behind the waves. So thank you for listening to us. Thank you, Hudaifa. Thank you, Victor. See you next week. Yeah, with another show. And this is Victor. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.